This is MSG Mic'd Up, a podcast from the 87th Mission Support Group, where we talk with people across JVMDL to hear the amazing things happening at the Joint Base every day. Welcome back to another MSG Mic'd Up. Today, I have three airmen with me from across the base, all with different jobs, and we're starting a new series. And what we're calling the series is What the Heck Do You Do? And basically, this idea came from a couple months ago, there was an innovation education series and someone put in a suggestion card for Mike Up saying, hey, I have a job. And every time I tell people what my job is, their reaction is like, well, what the heck do you do? <laughs> so what we're going to do is what we came up with is take people from all parts of the base, completely opposite of each other, put them in a room and ask questions and see what their reactions are and see if we can learn something from each other. So today I have A1C Carla Pedraza from the 87th OMRS, and she is a dental tech. I have A1C Marcel Banez from 305th AMXS, and he's a jet troop. And I have senior airman Jerry Bement from 87th FSS, and he is a food service journeyman. So what we're going to do is we're going to put someone in the hot seat and we're just going to start asking questions and see what the answers are and see what we can learn from them. So first up in the hot seat, Erin Padraza, uh, introduce yourself. Hi, so I'm A1C Pedraza. I'm from the 87th OMRS. I'm a dental technician. So tell us a little bit about your job. A little bit about my job. So within dental assisting, we have different parts that we can play. So we can either be at the front desk, checking in patients, making sure everyone is good to go, everyone's ready to deploy. We have to make sure that everyone comes in for the exams. On the chair side, we're responsible for setting up, making sure that the dentist has everything he's gonna need for that appointment for that specific patient. And we just make sure that all the records are here and ready. So you're like, you actually went to dental tech school for your job. Like what people do on the outside, you did the same thing? Yeah, so what people take probably about maybe a year or two. On the outside, we did it in two months. And then it's, it's <laughs> mainly on-the-job training. So you're training on the job for like a whole year. So we're still like, we, were, we went through perio, through the prosthodontist, through... Um, endo, everything was a week through surgery. So, like, throughout the whole year, we're just learning. And then, so you learn different side. dental specialties within like a month or two. Yes. And how to work. <laughs> oh, no. That's a lot to learn. I don't know. all half the words you just said. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's like a, like, so what someone would spend like over a year on, you spent like two months or a week in each section? Yes. And how was that? How was tech school? So tech school was, it was a little overwhelming looking at all the instruments. They all look the same when I first got there. They all look the same to me. They're like just metal, like pointy sticks. They still sometimes look the same to me. Steel picks. (laughs) But so what we had to do, we had to know um, each instrument and what they did. And then you have to learn because each dentist has their own way of setting up their DTR, like their rooms. So you also, like once I got here, I had to learn each dentist to know their setup. And every appointment, it's very different. Like say you have a filling for one person at like say 8.30 to 9.30 and then 10.30 to 11.30, you have a crown delivery. It's a completely different setup. That's a lot. Materials, instruments, 
and everything. So would you say that's the hardest part? Hardest part? The, the hardest part? Hardest part of my job? I guess so. It's pretty much learning. Not really, actually. I think it would be getting people to actually come into their appointments. That's the <laughs> hardest part. I've not... missed a dental appointment. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, same. <laughs> you missed an yeah. appointment. Yeah, not even gonna lie. How much is it if you miss one? So, when you miss your dental appointments, we actually send a first uh, letter to your first shirt to your commander, and it actually wastes a lot of dental products because not only are we just like using our um, instruments. Once you open the instrument, it's no longer sterilized, so that's gonna have to go another load into the sterilizer, and it's like the whole process. And it's a lot of money that gets wasted for oh, wow. just that one never, appointment. Never thought about that. Yeah. And it's free dental care. Yeah. So if you were to pay for anything on the outside, it's like thousands of dollars. That sometimes, like if it's like a crown being delivered, that's like. And you missed the appointment. That's a lot of stuff y'all prepared for mm-hmm. someone not to. Well, this warns anyone not to miss their appointment. <laughs> <laughs> so, how, so you said you had to learn each. Uh, like dentist room or whatever, like their setup. Mm-hmm. How long does that take to learn each? Like how long did it take you or if you're still um, learning? I mean, I guess a few times once you work with a dentist, like, I don't know, I guess repetition. Yeah. Just repeating the same things. You get to learn them. So the next time you go with that, like dentist, you already know their setup. Hmm. What's your favorite part about being a dental technician? So I am currently a surgery technician now so my favorite part of my job is now surgeries like setting up for surgery like watching the surgery it's my favorite were you like used to like the blood and like all this stuff at first because I'm sure like it can get messy at sometimes especially like pulling out a tooth or something were you used to that or did it take getting used to I was never used to blood <laughs> <laughs> but like where did it bother you at first or no so I've always been into dent dental I guess because I want to be an orthodontist one day so I was always like interested in this I follow pages on Instagram that like <laughs> literally post videos of like dental procedures you say so you're dedicated to your job I'm dedicated to my job <laughs> so it's very I don't know it's not that bad it's not as bad as people think Oh, I heard it's pretty good. Like, you have weekends off, you have good hours, you have, like, holiday hours. So, it can't be that bad, especially if you enjoy it. Now, if you, like, don't like anything with dental, you hate teeth, you hate people, it probably sucks. Yeah. (laughs) What's, like, what's people's, like, reactions usually when you tell them what your job is? So, people usually say, like, ew, so you work in people's mouths. Like, that's disgusting. You work with saliva, you get, like... I don't know, a bunch of gunk in their teeth. It's they just they're just grossed out about it. <laughs> it's, it's not, not as it's gross. not that bad. If yeah. you have a gross person, then yeah, but yeah, I guess it depends. Yeah, you ever have like <laughs> some raunchy like people in there? It's like what's a horror Disgusting. story you have? Yeah. Um, so personally, I don't have a horror story, but my biggest fear of being there is taking someone's impression and them like having a really bad gag reflex and they oh, puke everywhere because this oh. happened to people i just i'm glad it's never happened to me but that's like my biggest fear oh my gosh like, that would be just i lose it I it's like i'm going home for the day yeah. that's so bad what are some easy tips that you would give people to take care of their teeth that you think more people should be informed on or um so some tips i guess brush and floss twice a day after each meal 
coffee that stains your teeth, so <laughs> avoid it. Or if you're going to drink coffee, if you drink water after and just swish your mouth, it kind of takes the gunk off. Just brush your teeth after <laughs> you drink coffee. Yeah, just brush your teeth all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. <laughs> What's like some like what's something that like a lot of people believe and then they tell it to you and you're like no that's not true. No, is it true that it like the more like if your gums are bleeding you just have to floss more and it'll make oh, them stop okay. bleeding. Oh, okay. So once you so if you start flossing your teeth are going to like bleed to it at first, but once you do it like so often, it'll eventually like your teeth are going to get used to it cuz your teeth bleed when there's a foreign object that does not belong there, so the blood is supposed to like Move it out of the way or oh, get it know. out. I didn't know that. So once, like, you floss, like, often enough, your your gums are going to be used to it and it's not going to see it as, like, a foreign thing. Oh, okay. Just cleaning it out. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another defense mechanism I never knew about. <laughs> All right, so the next person in the hot seat, Aaron Bunyas. Tell us, okay, what is your job title? So, my AFSC title would be Aerospace Propulsion Journeyman, but in maintenance, we just go by either jet shop or engine shop. Meaning, so wait, what what aircraft do you work on? So, right now, I'm currently working on C-17s. And what do you do on them? I specifically, so in maintenance, we have different shops, but my shop is specifically for engine problems. So, in maintenance, you'll have crew chiefs, avionics, tech electricians and comnav and then us so pretty much my like i said mine is specifically on the engines so usually how it goes is a jet lands crew chiefs go out there do an inspection on it if they find or if the air crew reports a problem with the engines then they would call us out to work on that specific problem for that so you you fix like the the thing that makes it go you fix the engine yep so it's not good. I'm like, I'm just trying to think of how big this is because you're 20 years old and you're fixing. So if you don't fix it or if you don't know how, like how long are the delays? Or if you can't fix a problem or say y'all need to part, like how long so can that push a, you back? If it can't fly, it can't fly. So they're, even if their mission really needs to go, they, they're going to have to wait if it's something that they need. you know. And we, and as far as getting parts goes, we have a supply system. So most of the time we'll have, we have a supply that has a lot of the parts we usually use. Mm -hmm. And if it's something that doesn't come up often, we have to order it, which depending on what kind of part it is and where it's located, it could take anywhere from only a day to a couple weeks. So that's why we have a big fleet. If we have a thing called a tail swap, if the jet that was supposed to leave can't go, we switch the mission to the different jet. Wow. Does that happen a lot? Not a lot. No, it's... It's probably more prevalent in deployed locations mm-hmm. just because there's a lot less jets that we could use. So when I was there a couple months ago, we only had like three at a time. Oh. And we have jets pretty much leaving every shift more than once a day. So if you have one jet that's out, but the other two are already being used, that, then you got a problem. So you got to either find a way to fix it quick or see if you can spare a jet. That sounds really complicated. It sounds like that's a lot that goes into fixing it. So how do you say they don't know what's wrong with it? How do you like figure out what the problem is? So because like like you said, it's a big thing. It's like it's an engine. You could you could mess people up like 
mess people up and mess the aircraft up if you don't do your job properly. So we have these things called TOs. They're called technical orders. And they're basically like dummy proof. So basically, if for example, you're asking how do you troubleshoot. So we have a book called the FI. It's called Fault Isolation. That's what it stands for. And since I'm engines, my series is usually the 70 or the 71 series, which is engine the engine FI. So if they report something wrong with the engines, we basically, like, it's as simple as they tell you what happened and what's wrong and what conditions they were in. And you could, like, look it up. And because, like, the Air Force has been around for a long time, a lot of these situations have happened before. So it's yeah, documented. Okay. So since it's documented, you could go to that same exact problem in the book. And it has, like, a tree you follow. So it's like, when it happened, was there this? Yes. So you'd go down this specific list. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's very broken down. And it's like... Because you need to have it that way. Like you said, I'm 20 years old, and they have me working on these multi-billion-dollar <laughs> aircraft. So you got to have this stuff so, like ready to be used, you know? If you mess up on something, what happens? Like, say... Depending on the severity. So specifically for me, if I messed up on something, that's a very big deal. Because like I said, you're putting lives at risk. If if it's not flying properly and it crashes because of you, you're getting... You're get, definitely getting kicked out. <laughs> but if it's something that, like... I, let's just say you're probably gonna get in trouble either way no matter how you mess you up you haven't messed up on anything right not really no okay well that's good <laughs> i would assume because you're still here yeah <laughs> what's something what's one of the hardest parts about your job besides having to fix a so, jet engine <laughs> the hardest part one of the hardest parts is definitely trying to so you're not supposed to memorize technical orders because then because it's constantly getting changed based on how the the jets are updating and how parts are being like made to work better so you're not supposed to memorize it but at the same time they want you to know about the systems so when it comes to troubleshooting you don't have to use very much of the fault tree you can see like you can you they want you to be able to go out there and be like oh i know exactly what the problem is right off the bat so it's hard one of the hardest parts for me specifically was learning about the systems and how they work i'm still struggling with some of the systems and having that knowledge and the fact that it's like like it's an engine it's very like it can be very stressful and nerve-wracking because you know like if you mess up on a single thing and you don't catch it like that's a people could die yeah so this is real air force i know chief was in here earlier he's like oh you're real air force stuff (laughs) but that's like nothing compared to what i do like actually working on the flight line and that's another thing for someone who doesn't work on the flight line when someone's like oh yeah i work on the flight line it's like one of those places where like i've never been i don't know what it's like on that side and it's just really foreign to me so the only way you can even get on the flight line is if you have an escort or you have a line badge because like they're they're very high secure highly secured like assets because they don't want random people just going up there and having like accidentally messing something up or like you have to be authorized to be going on the flight line what's something you wish you like you wish people knew about your job something i wish people knew about my job would would probably be the fact that it's actually very stressful and and nerve-wracking like i said and you have to have a lot of integrity and make sure you're paying attention to every little detail and you know you're just doing everything properly as it's supposed to be they have everything step by step for you they have notes about hey make sure this is how like this like this or warnings like if you don't have this on like personal protective equipment we call it ppe like if you touch something like say fuel the fuel will irritate your skin to where it'll burn and you'll bubble up so you got to have specific 
you have to wear specific things like gloves or else you're messing up your own body. Do you have like beef with like the other jobs? Like you said earlier it's like crew cheese. Oh, so yeah, that's like a, for us in there, it's like how branches go at each other. Yeah. It's like, we're all on the same team, but we just like give each other crap for whatever reason. So like, <laughs> so in maintenance, like crew chiefs are the, the dummies. They're like the general purpose people. Like they go out and change tires and stuff. And they, call out, <laughs> they call out the big boys to fix stuff that takes more brains to do. That's like the general thing we do. And then, like, avionics people and electricians are, like, the pointy-head nerds. <laughs> so that's how it goes. They're a little yeah. smarter. Than, yeah. And you're just, like, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, we're, like... Takes we're, a little bit of a brain. Shop is, like, the next step up from crew chief. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not, like, super nerdy, but we're also not, like, super dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> it takes a little bit of brains to do what you do. Yeah. But we, obviously, we don't actually, like, mean that. Like, we all have to have a good amount of knowledge to know what we're doing it's just how we pick on each other like like i said it's like how the branches go that's funny <laughs> i would have never i would have never thought about that so it's like a sibling rivalry kind of yeah, pretty much what's it like so the weather's changing so what's it like working on the flight line <laughs> oh, like we're going into fall and winter so it's like i can't relate i work inside it's kind of hard to get to work sometimes but like so it sucks because uh, maintenance is um mission essential so you know how like you have these people in AFSCs. If it's if it's snowing more than like two inches outside, you're not going to work. For us, we still yeah, <laughs> dental. We still gotta go to work. If any, like I remember when I first got here and I was a brand new airman, like I would literally get called in and be like, "Hey, come shovel the flight line because we got stuff that needs to fly, and you gotta be able to. They gotta be able to taxi out of here." So we like would the flight line, like yes. the like. Well, for our section, sort of the 17 section, we have to make sure it's all clear of snow. So stuff can get done. Oh so my like, gosh. yeah. And then, but yeah, working in the winter sucks because it's so cold. Like when you're working out there and it's like nine degrees with wind and it's an open area, you're just getting hit by all the wind. You know, my skin's like frozen. I can barely <laughs> move my mouth sometimes. My nose is all, yeah, it's <laughs> so bad. In the summer, it's not, I prefer like hot summers over cold winters for sure. Yeah, I, fall is fall and spring are the best times to be working on the fly line. It's when it's not when the winter is very good. Like it's fun working outside. I like it. Does it slow? So y'all can't put the y'all can't put the aircraft like in one of the like hangers. yeah hangers so and work on it. We don't have like enough bays to put every jet because like KC ten is just like probably like thirty maybe more, and then we don't only have KC tens and only C seventeens. We have like. I think we have 135s on that other section by the... Oh, yeah, other, 135s, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we have more on that the other end of the flight line near the sec, the CRW building where uh-huh. you did the, the mop gear training and stuff. Yeah. There's a different aircraft over there, too, so we don't have enough buildings to put them in there. The only way we protect them in the winter is by putting engine covers on so snow doesn't get inside. Other than that, wow. Well... Good luck this winter. <laughs> so do you have to know, like, um, how to fix, like, every single jet? Or is your AFSC specifically for... So my... Like so that, oh, yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to... There is a specialty codes, pretty much. They're, like, we call them shreds. Yeah. So my AFSC is 2 Alpha 6 X1, and then my shred is C. So the C puts me on, like, I think it's three different engines I could work on without having to go retrain, basically. And... Yeah, so uh, my shred is C, and then I think there's, like, four other shreds. There will be, like, fighter engines or, yeah, stuff like that. So right now I'm on the F-117 engine, and I 
the other jet, the other engine I wouldn't have to go to school for again would be the TF thirty four, and there's one more I can't remember. So does this? So you you can work on something other than a C seventeen. Yeah. Have you? As have you? I have not. Well, I've worked on the engines for another aircraft in my tech school. So, like, in tech school, oh, I didn't okay. work on this engine. I worked on a TF-34, which is the engines that go on the Warhogs, the A-10s. Whoa. So <laughs> That's cool. I mean, I guess it's cool to say. When you explain your job to people, what's usually their reaction? Like, because that's, I mean, if I had that job, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I fix the planes. I so, don't fly them. I fix them. <laughs> so, usually when they ask, hey, what do you, you're in the Air Force, what do you do? I say, I'm a maintainer. And they're like, oh, what's that? And I'm like, well, specifically, I'm a jet troop. And they're like, oh, what's that? So I have to, <laughs> I basically elaborate the way I did with you guys is I'm like, well, maintenance is, I make sure we, all together, we make sure the planes can fly. And when there's problems, we fix it. And, but for me specifically, I spe- like, I focus the engines to make sure they need to do to get the, they had, they can do what they need to do to get the aircraft off the ground. It's a big deal. Real Air Force stuff. Thank you for representing the Air Force today. <laughs> Thank you for supporting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, senior Bement, you're in the hot seat next. So, what is your job? So I'm services. I uh, work over at the Halverson Hall Dining Facility. My job, we do like we do different stuff. We work at lodging, fitness, we do mortuary, do uh, and food, obviously. Have you worked in all of them? Except lodging. What, I don't work lodging. Besides, so what's your favorite area to work in? Probably food. Yeah. And a lot of people, like, so at first coming in as an airman, a lot of people were like, oh, I had to work in food. Because it is, I think, the yeah, hardest. It, it, yeah, I was like that at first. Because I went straight to food once I got here. But when you go to the other style, sections, yeah. it's... It gets, you appreciate it more. Yeah. <laughs> so what's something about your job you wish people knew? Whether it's, like, services as a whole or, like, food specifically. That it's not that bad. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> you, everyone, like, you tell them where you work, and they're like, oh, that sucks. It's really not bad. I enjoy it. We do a lot. It's a lot of fun, especially if, like, you're cool with your coworkers and whatnot. That's pretty much it. So food's your favorite area to work in. Like, what has been, like, your favorite, favorite I guess, like, um, experience? Not just in food, but in any of them, mortuary, lodging, or mortuary fitness. Yeah, probably mortuary is like my favorite thing. So that was like the most, it's probably like the most important thing I've done. That a lot means of people like the most don't know. A lot of people don't know services does mortuary. Tell us about that. Yeah, so mortuary is, so it's just services uh, that does like, so there's sections, there's personal effects, C, uh, C3, uh, back of the house, so there's like... Uh, DNR, it's like dressing, restoration, and there's like protocol and all that kind of stuff. I work C3, so I work with all the branches, like every branch, and depending on the mission, basically, so that what branch that mission is, then you would work with that liaison, and you would work with them, and you'd figure everything out from what you need to do. Because C3, where I worked, that was like the heart of the whole operation, so you're the first point of contact you brief the commander and you brief everybody in that building on what happened essentially and that was it was like nerve-wracking because you'd have to stand in front of that's an airman having to yeah, brief all of them. You see standing in front <laughs> so of like you would talk to the commander and, about what happened to where you have to bring these people like what failed i guess kind of no not like that just like when they're coming in that kind of like 
important information like so when stuff when happens s- like overseas do they call they call you first and let you know that they're coming and what happened yeah usually there's like instances that happen where it's been sidetracked but usually yeah c3 is informed and goes from there and then once you hear about it because it's 24 hour ops so everybody else like back in the house they have like weekends off and all that stuff where i worked you would work weekends like night shift there was night mid there's mid shift day shift like a swing shift you'd work weekends if you're, if you're there during a holiday you're working on holiday you don't get days back but it was a it was an interesting job that I don't think people really know much about. I heard uh, people who do mortuary get well. Certain people get like emotional because yeah, the whole the whole time you're there, you're you're pretty like definitely like the first few months, <clears throat> like you you'll hear some pretty heavy stuff. It's pretty crazy. Do you have to deal with like the families of the people? So if you work the Fisher House, that's where that comes into play. I've never worked there. I don't know really much about it, but that, I don't I don't know if I could work there. So that's where so Fisher House is where they go, where the family stay while they're in Dover, and they kind of live out of there. You know, like you basically take care of them. It's like make food or make their beds, stuff like that. Okay, so it sounds like is it usually long? Are they for they there for like a week or like a the just family? a few days? Yeah. So that that's just depending on when their loved one is getting there. So say they're getting there because sometimes they could either get there you want it there as soon as possible so c3 would work with command post and you'd work with the tower and you'd have to find the first jet that could get them there or if there's a jet at a base nearby that could like that i guess isn't doing anything they could go pick it up but yeah usually you you want it there as soon as possible but that's not always the case so Mm -hmm. if you got to wait a few days the family's got to wait oh wow So you said food's your favorite. Do you, do you feel like you've learned a lot about food since you've been there? Because I'm yeah. going to be honest, I've like I've had very minimal knowledge when it comes to like cooking and food and stuff like that. Yeah, I've learned a lot. I mean, I've been working in a restaurant since I was 11. My uncle owns a restaurant. That was my first ever job. Did you choose services or it chose you? Chose me. Well, it was kind of <laughs> my fault because I told the recruiter I wanted to leave as soon as possible. Open general. And he's like, and he's like, all right. <laughs> So, I got you a job, and you're leaving in, what was it? It was like 10 days. I was like, oh, snap. Like, okay, what's the job? He's like, uh, your services. I was like, oh, man. I was kind of mad. I was kind of upset. But, I mean, I, I've grown to like it. I, I like it. You can get I don't used know, to it. Yeah. It's like you said, it's, it's not as bad as people think. It's really not. I mean, it just depends how you look at it. A lot of people that work there. They're always like upset all the time, miserable. I mean, obviously you're gonna hate it if you're miserable all the time. You gotta That's find the little every things. Every job, you know, there's miserable parts to every job. Yeah. You just gotta find the little thing. What's usually people's reaction? You said like usually people are like, oh, uh, oh you work services, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Relatable. Uh, what do you guys even do? Oh, I mean, I get it. They just see you serving. They don't. Or and like, what happens when it's closed. Yeah. Or, like, don't all they see is, like, you at the gym, like, handing out stuff. Or, yeah, stuff if you're or handing out basketballs cards. or whatever. That's you something you hear a lot. Like, oh, you <laughs> oh, just you hand, hand out, out paper towels all day. <laughs> <laughs> There's hard parts to it. And then the hours, too. When we did the AFSC swap, I think you did that, too. People were yeah, like, I went to Fuels. Yeah, you probably don't, you know, you'll get weekends off, don't have to work 12s ever or anything no, like we're, that. We're mission essential, according to the base, so we're coming in. 
weekends, Four holidays. Feet of snow. Yeah, you're coming in. I haven't had a holiday off since tech school. Yeah. You get so, comp days. So as services, since you have so many different careers within services, um, what are some of the career progressions that you can do on the outside? So you could do, I guess you could go to school and be a, like, a, like a chef. You could do that. You go to school and uh, hospitality, you could do because of lodging. Mm-hmm. See if that looks good. You could be a hotel manager. Uh, you could be physical trainer, I guess. Is a little working out at the gym, whatever. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Mortuary, you could do that. You could go be like GS. So you could be like a GS9 and you could work down there. Okay. So do you guys plan on doing something like what you're doing now outside? Or do you guys plan on cross training? Or I'm going to stay as this job. I like it. I enjoy it. What about you? I'm, I'm currently working on my prereqs so I can go to dental school. So I won't be a dental assistant, but I'll be a dentist. <laughs> what about you? Me? I'm going to be honest. I love doing what I do, and but I just don't see myself being like doing this for a while. What I want to do is cross train. So hopefully that goes for me. There's pros and cons to every job, I think. What would you cross train to? So what I want to cross train to is Special Missions Aviator. That was my number one pick on my mechanical list. Basically what that is is it's a job they did they made that fused aerial gunner and flight engineer together so instead of having two separate AFSCs it's just one person that can do it all so basically so what I, if I get to cross train I want to be attached to the H the H60s which is our helicopters so I would basically be the door gunner the loadmaster and the flight engineer which basically preps everything loads everybody loads all the cargo whatever and they'll they typically go on therefore like rescue missions so in the crew you have two pilots, two special missions aviators, two PJs. So awesome. I'd be I'd be with those people and we'd be going on search and rescue missions and that's you, what I want to do. So are you gonna actually fix it? Or so you're a maintainer now and you fix like the engines. So if you got on the H sixties, would you also if it broke or something happened, would you be able to fix it? I believe so because it's the flight engineer also. So like I'm pretty sure the special missions aviators are the ones that set up the aircraft, make sure everything's running properly okay. before you actually leave. So, like, I'd be doing, I'm pretty sure it'd be maintenance, too, because it's a mechanical job also. Okay. And it's under mechanical. So, I'm pretty sure, like, we'd be, we'd know this at least enough about the system to know how to work it. That's dope. That's pretty cool. I don't know if I'll cross train. I don't know. Any of you guys plan on commissioning? No. <laughs> <laughs> You have to commission to be a dentist, so yes. So yes. Wait, do you want to be a dentist on the Air Force, or do you want to get out and be a dentist? In the Air Force, yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Mm -hmm. That'd be pretty dope. Do do any of y'all plan on doing, like, the 20 over? Yeah. I do. (laughs) I'm trying to do it. Yeah, if I get to cross-train, I'm definitely doing 20. Wow, okay. Or if I don't get to cross-train... If they get me out of this base, I will probably do 20. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck with that. (laughs) Where else do they have C-17s? Um, so we got them at Dover, we got them at Travis in California. There's actually okay, there's so a, you can there's get a out plentiful of here. amount of bases because it's most used cargo plane in the Air Force, so we got plenty of us. Okay, so you can go somewhere. Yep, and if not, like <laughs> I said, yeah, and then like, like if not, then I also, you know, can I, I could just go do my little re- small retrain on the different engines and be attached to some other aircraft. Like some of the people we have now, have, this is their first time working on C-17s. Oh, okay. But they're already, like, staffs and senior airmen and stuff, so. Oh, okay. They just got a different shred or just look 
we went to another engine. They basically, so when they get here, if they weren't on this engine before, they go through the, this little, like, class, and they teach you a little bit about it, and oh, okay. then most of it's, like, OJT. Okay. But they still have your sa- the same exact AFSC and everything? Yeah. It's just, so we have the same thing with our profi techs. They're the ones that, like, they go TDY to learn. They're not pretty much, hy- they're not hygienists, but they're, they still clean teeth. So when you go for your exam and cleaning, they're the ones that are cleaning your teeth. But they just go TDY for three weeks, but they're still dental assistants. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So it's similar. Hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask that. Do you guys deploy a lot as dental? Um, or, like, do you do not really. extra stuff? You can volunteer to deploy and see if you get picked for it. But it's not like, hey, you're deploying kind of thing, like most jobs. Oh, okay. Do you guys even and do if actual we do, dental? Yeah, no, I was going to say, if you do deploy, you don't even do dental. Or as far as, like... I know, like the people that have deployed since I've been here, they do, force they like, protection. yeah, force protection where they just oh. supervise. Oh, uh, like OCNs and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But do your actual dentists, so like the officers working as dentists, do they deploy? Um, not that I'm aware of, oh, which wow. I know I've heard that they do. So what they could do, they could like get sent to identify a body. Like say they really can't identify who this person is. Um. They can't, like they've tried everything. The last thing that they would go to is their teeth. So they would see what? their dentist. Mm-hmm. The dentist oh. would go out there and pretty much examine like everything there. Oh wow! So. That's I never I, I never honestly thought of that. think That's that weird. is amazing. Like, That's I really cool. They wouldn't do like blood type. Well, I mean, if if they're dead, if they have no blood, or well, what if their teeth got blood? If they can if find if a they tooth. Find oh, that's anything. crazy! I was gonna say that's another thing about. Uh, over. Your you could do search and recovery. Oh yeah, we yeah. we have search and recovery. Yeah. So does every job have that? I don't know. No, I think it's Not just us, us because the mortuary. Yeah, like when I was down there, like a couple of people I knew got tasked to go on a search. Like it could just be called like that. We call to go. So you guys get called and then you guys get taken to find bodies, basically. Find remains. So it just depends, okay. like what happened. Like it could be a training incident. It could be. Conflict, theater, stuff like that. That's crazy. Yep. That okay. teeth is. I never. <laughs> I never even knew that was a thing. So I neither did I. But um, during our one of our training days, um, one of the providers he was telling us about um, like how they do that. Like I don't know. Some people get tasked to it. I guess if it's your patient, and I thought that was amazing. So this one time, someone like they're like, oh. You're a noner, like you're not important. You hear that a lot, yeah. I'm like, okay, but when your body is out <laughs> there and no one else can figure out who you mm-hmm. are, they're gonna call us noners <laughs> to go find you. <laughs> so you hear that like, a lot from the so flight line. Like, I don't know who this guy is, and you're like, well, I found this too. This is definitely this guy's like, <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got a picture of it right here, Tim. That's pretty. That's cool. what that's, that's too. Dope. Like, That's we hear, like, oh, you're not mission essential, you noners. And it's like, okay, so when you're hungry and it's snowing, I don't want to hear that. You want a hot deep, meal. Yeah. Grab and go it is for you, I guess. <laughs> you better get that parfait. There you go. Stick to your MREs. <laughs> well, I'm glad I was able to get y'all together and we could learn a little bit about each other's job. Can can y'all say that y'all learned something? Because I definitely I did. did. I yes. did. Yeah. Cool. I was definitely surprised about the tooth thing. thing. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's crazy. So hopefully we can keep this series going. So thank y'all for being the first to star on this, you know, new series. Thank y'all so much for being here. And everyone out there, have a good day.